Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take over? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. Take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Morning. It's morning somewhere. Oh, uh, welcome to Beer with Buffy. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And it's my opening. Today we're reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode 9, The Wish. The Wish. And uh, we're about as ready as we're ever going to be to record. We got the windows closed. Uh, we got the computer off. We got the furnace off. The cat is nipped. The cat is nipped. Yeah. There's one very nipped cat. The cat is drugged. We have some Chester Fried Chicken fucking cat right over here. Chester Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's perfectly safe. The cat is yes. fine. He's happy. I have my Guinness. We haven't been pre-gaming this time. Right. So we're a little behind. Yeah. Our livers are bored. <laughs> Almost as bored as Willow was half this episode. Time to do some van damage. Van damage. That's I right. like that. <laughs> You'll have plenty of time to do some van damage. <laughs> when you're living in... Oh, God. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme's van down by the river. Have you watched Sense8? No. There's a character in Sensei in Africa who drives a van. I guess in this area, the vans are privately owned and they're themed. And he drives the Van Dam. And it is a it is a bus that is painted and it's a tribute to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Gosh, that's nifty. Did you know that catnip is a mild hallucinogen for cats? Why, I'm so glad you asked me that, Rex. That is a very good question. And the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> How about a mom synopsis? Joshua! Rexiwa! Oh, God. That's right, I haven't said Rexiwa for at least a season. What are you doing? What in God's name is going on? I'm so frightened. Everything's so <laughs> sexy and leathery. <laughs> I can't handle this. My poor heart is going pitterapatterapa. Or whatever sound it makes... I don't think your heart makes any sound, Mom. <laughs> I think it's just a big echo. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> do, do host, do host, Mitch. <laughs> Who's this fucker with the Kool-Aid mouth? Haven't I seen him before? I thought he was dead. Uh, yeah, I, he was... The master was very dead, but now he's taken up espresso and using the bronze as housing for a thriving nest of vampires. Vampires. And uh, everything's all kerfuckled because Cordelia couldn't deal. I don't know why they named her Cordelia because um, <laughs> should, they should have named her Can't Delia. <laughs> Luckily for Cantdelia, 
a demon who specializes in scorned women shows up and grants her one wish, but she has no idea that this wish is actually going to come true. She wishes that Buffy were never in Sunnydale, that she had never come to Sunnydale, and everything, as you might expect, goes completely to shit. Like, all kinds of people are vampires, and a bunch of other people are dead. The bronze is a nest. Cordelia, she's begging for Buffy to be back within the first 10 minutes of being in Bizarro World, Vampire Land, trademark, copyright, 1998. (laughs) But yeah, Giles picks it up from there, and he figures it out right quick, and everything's fine. You know, except... Everybody's a little less depressed at the end of this episode than they were at the end of the last episode. And that makes everything fine in my eyes. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. And poor Anya doesn't have her powers anymore. Only one episode. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? I still have my powers, Joshua. Oh, God. You sure do, Mom. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Cold open. We open to Buffy being choked by what looks like a star spawn, Mr. Cthulhu face with a bit of mucusy going on. A bipedal squid. Sarah Michelle Geller is very poorly faking trying to say knife while being choked. Yeah, it was it was very obvious that there was zero pressure on her throat. I am very upset about this. As a non-bondage enthusiast, I must point out that there was zero bondage here. And, oh, this joke's fucking dead. Next. But yeah, she's saying nerf over and over again. Nerf. Nerf. <laughs> what are we going to do to die, Brian? <laughs> We're going to kill squid creatures. Cthulhu face. But Pirates of the Caribbean hasn't been released yet, Brian. <laughs> Xander and Willow are both there. Willow grabs a knife, tosses it to Buffy. Buffy kills the thing. Yep. They discuss something that we've actually brought up before. What do you do with the demon bodies? (laughs) Vampires are nice enough to clean up after themselves. What do you do with the demon bodies? What do you do with the (laughs) demon bodies? They're just sitting there in broad daylight, just sitting on a fucking park bench with a body. Not just any body. A fucking demon body. Uh, I think, though, if anybody did come across that, they would be like, nope, nope. I'm going to go over here. Especially the police. <laughs> right. <laughs> they just sit around and Xander and Willow complain about the consequences of their actions. And uh, did you have any specifics on that? I really don't. I did have one thing. The way Xander's talking, he is basically kind of almost blaming Oz and Cordy for the situation. Oh, yeah. How did that go again? I didn't write down his quote. I just wrote down Buffy's response because she looks at him all confused and she goes, your logic does not resemble our Earth logic. Yeah. And he at least has an expression that says that he understands that he's being a dick. He knows he's just making shit up to make himself feel better and try to be funny about it. But it's too soon, Xander. Too soon. But Willow is particularly sad And, you know, Buffy's like, oh, you got to buck up. And she says, well, I want to be strong, Willow. But then I'll think, then I think I'll never be close to Oz again. And it's all like the air goes out of the room. 
Yeah, and Xander's like, yeah, how did you deal with that, Buffy? Which, kudos. Yeah. That he's, A, recognizing Buffy's pain. Yep. And B, asking her for legitimate advice about it. Yeah. Which is what friends fucking do. And her response is pretty solid. She's like, well, I I leaned on my friends. I had you guys. Yeah. I just remembered what he was, how he was blaming Oz and Cordelia. He was like, we were fairly certain that was the last time it was ever going to happen. And they walk in to save us without knocking. Yeah. And, well, I mean, the without knocking is bullshit. But how did they not hear them come in? How did they even get in? Yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, irregardless. Uh, why do you use that not word? Because it hurts you so. It hurts me so, so very much. <laughs> ah. And we cut to Cordy. And Cordy is not happy. No, Cordy's uh, got some fun coping methods here. Cutting up pictures of the Scoobies. Uh-huh. And burning them. Sure. Seemingly in an enclosed room, and there's chemicals on those pictures. You can't burn yeah. that shit in an enclosed space. Especially, like, right in front of her face. And not to mention, there has to be some sort of accelerant, because they light very quickly, and the flame gets pretty large for what is just one photograph. Yeah, I, I feel like a picture would not have burned that well. Yeah. I think is all I was trying to say. Because it's, it's a solid, like... Foot tall flame. Yeah. <laughs> big flame. Very big flame. Anyway, opening sequence. And so we go to school the next day, and Willow is staking out Oz's locker because she wants to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Buffy shows up. They talk about how Cordy's handling it. Willow says she's seen Cordelia and she looks scary. Oh, she was talking to Amy, and Amy saw Cordelia. And Amy said that she looks scary. Oh, really? Yeah, we get a brief mention of Amy in this. You know, she still exists. Oh, from the the witch episode. Yes. That Amy. Okay. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah, I hope she comes back more. She's fun. Cut to the parking lot where Cordy pulls up and Cordy looks scary. She looks a little <laughs> scary. Yeah. She is rocking the bombshell look. I really like that. That dark maroon, shiny leather look. Yeah. Very... Leather skirt, leather jacket. Yeah. Not that I would know, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say very California. You know what I think possibly the most disheartening thing about this about this whole podcast thing is that there's a very distinct verbiage and culture and fashion and just sense of style in general, a very specific aesthetic surrounding Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. which I always used to very specifically attribute to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And now I'm starting to feel like it's really all just California culture. And I'm sure there's a good chunk of that. Yeah. I don't think you would wear leather like that in L.A., though. But if you're upset about your geeky boyfriend breaking up with you... Yeah. When you were more popular than that, I don't know. I mean, obviously, that's what I would do, Rex. You wouldn't, if you had money, pull up in your badass convertible, wearing all your leather, being like, ah, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Look at you. You make me sick. Well, maybe that is your fault. 
<laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, yes, I take responsibility for my own actions. Dig this. Dig this. Sire, you had some wings. Sire, beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest, a free t-shirt contest, till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time. If you submitted an iTunes review, take a screenshot of you submitting the iTunes review and email that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's <laughs> totally a contest! So, cut to... Harmony! The promenade? Yep. Yeah, because she's scary. She gets out of her car. Harmony's being nice, so obviously something is fucking wrong. <laughs> well, and uh, stupid me, I thought for a second that Cordelia's friends might take her back and be like, are you done with all of this nonsense? And just be cool about it. No, that's not okay. So they're like, you need to get back on the horse and start. Oh, by the way, this is Anya. And that becomes yep. very relevant very quickly. <laughs> um <laughs> You need to get back on the horse and start dating again. Here, we found your new boyfriend. And cue Jonathan. That poor bastard. <laughs> Two things happened between this nonverbal exchange between Jonathan and Cordy. They looked at each other. Jonathan had the look on his face of, that was bullshit that they did to you. You're obviously hurting. And then she looked at him like feeling sorry that Harmony and her friends were putting Jonathan in that spot as well. Like they, they both felt fucking awful for each other. She could have been a whole lot more cruel about it. Exactly. She could have leaned into the joke sure. to like win Harmony and them back. But she didn't because she is a better person now. Yeah. I didn't quite glean that much off the look on her face, but in retrospect, I would have to agree. Cool. A, a season ago, she would have. I mean, in Harmony's defense, Jonathan was drinking a huge glug. I'm actually really curious what the size difference between a huge glug and a big gulp is. I just know it makes that same <laughs> sound when you suck on a straw in an empty cup. I hate that sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the main point is, how else would we know that he's drinking a fountain drink with a straw if they don't make that sound effect? Yeah. I don't know. Did they even use that sound effect here? I don't remember. They did? Yeah, they Good, did. Good, because that's... You, you can't have comedy without that sound effect. <laughs> you just can't. So, anyway, Harmony's line is kind of fucking stupid when, she, when they present Jonathan. Uh, she says, I'm pretty sure he won't cheat on you. At least for a while. Plus, he's got a kill moped. And I was like, really? A, you couldn't even be bothered to say a killer moped? More importantly, do you know how badly I wanted a fucking moped in high school? Right? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He had a fucking moped in high school. How is he the bottom of the totem pole here? There's way worse than that, I oh, yeah. promise. Like not having a car. <laughs> if anything, that gives him points over Xander because he has wheels. Xander can ride a skateboard, though. He just doesn't. No, he can't. <laughs> the one and only time we saw him, he bit it. Yeah. 
and he has never ridden it since. Maybe so that, that tells me that he does not ride a skateboard. Maybe that was the first time he ever tried to ride a skateboard. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> so, cut to the hallway. Oz finally gets to his locker. Willow ambushes him. Mm-hmm. The line is, look, I'm sorry this is hard for you, but I told you what I need. So I can't help feeling like the reason you want to talk is so that you feel better about yourself. That's not my problem. Yeah, because she's like, I want to make this up to you. He's like, I need space. And she keeps bugging him. And I'm like, ooh, let it go. You tried. And then, then, oh, there it is. Oh, that stings. That fucking stings. This This is a moment in a potential breakup when there is a chance for redemption here. Sure. And it does seem like Willow here is taking what he is saying to heart. Yeah. And the rest of the episode, up until, you know, the turning point, she's giving him space. She doesn't make any attempt to talk to him for the foreseeable future of this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like there's less than a 24-hour window before that's kind of moot anyway. I'm giving... Willow the benefit of the doubt here. No, sure, absolutely. I I believe that she intends to definitely start to give him the time and space that he needs. That is... Exactly. I'm just saying, there's not really a whole demonstrable amount of time and space to be had before the shit hits the fan in this episode. Yeah, and then we cut back to Cordy walking through the hall, and she sees Xander off in the distance, so then essentially finagles the situation so it makes it look like she's making out with some dude. So she grabs the first asshole jock that she sees in the hallway and she's like, hey, is there anything in my teeth? And uh, this is kind of brilliant for her to think of off the top of her head. Yeah. I mean, while shitty, also brilliant, she engineers this perspective trick situation <laughs> Yeah, where she's like moving her head back and forth where it almost looks like she's making out with him from down the hallway. And fuck this guy. <laughs> well, oh, what? He's a creep? Weird. No, so he... I got his line. Oh, okay. He says, hey, look, the guys are kind of down on me recently. Coach just cut me down to second string. If anybody saw me hanging with Xander Harris's cast off death you know but maybe if you want to go someplace private just assuming that she's trying to jump on him what a dick high school man (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) still very forward and well-spoken for high school yeah that seemed a little too much also looks mid-20s yeah (laughs) definitely so he walks off a little bit of overwriting there yeah He walks off. Cordy is noticeably upset, turns, runs into Anya. And completely expects Anya to just tear into her like everybody else is. I don't understand why everybody's being so shitty. Like, does nobody know that she literally just got impaled? Well, I don't know if you picked up on it. I ended up going back and rewatching it. Right when Cordy runs into Harmony. Harmony says something about thinking that cordelia faked the injury exactly i guess but yeah that was kind of flimsy i mean i i have expected cordelia to like lift up her shirt and be like uh excuse me right but anyway anya is actually fairly nice and wants to be friends with cordelia yeah and 
really, really, really trying to get Cordy to say, I wish blank. Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> trying to steer the conversation right out of the gate here. But Cordy's just gung-ho, gonna live her life and do better and, and move past Xander. I loved what Anya said about Harmony. She said... Oh, she follows me around. If that girl had an original thought, her head would explode. <laughs> it's great. Oh, but she does say, um, I don't wish. I act. Starting now, Xander Harris is going to get a belly full of just how over him I am. Yep. Cut to the bronze. And they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Dabrons. So we see Cordy with Anya and some random dudes. And behind Cordy, over her shoulder, we see the Scooby gang. Yeah. So Cordelia's laughing heartily. Xander is obviously pretending to laugh heartily. And while I kind of felt like me thinks the lady doth protest too much with Cordelia, she's at least way better at it. Yeah. She's she's been practicing. Do you remember like a season ago when an episode started it was the one with the frat boys. It was Lizard Boy. Oh yeah. Um or Reptile Boy. Reptile Boy. It starts her first scene starts off with her going, ah, ha, 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 ha. She is well practiced at it. She's gotten much better. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Willow and Buffy are kinda down. I'm not 100% certain why Buffy is as down as she comes off. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, she's a bit sad because she doesn't have any boyfriend and things with her and Angel are kaputsy. Yeah. Well, for that matter, I can't understand why things aren't so great with her and Cordelia right now either, other than the fact that, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. And so the con this conversation while sad, is also fairly entertaining between Xander, Willow, and Buffy. Yep. Xander actually had a fairly decent little speech. Uh, had his motivations been slightly more pure, I may have considered it to be, you know, of high moral fiber or something. I don't know. What's the word when you feel good about something? Goodsy? This is unfamiliar territory for me. Xander says, look, you want to do guilt of Palooza? Fine, but I'm done with that. Starting this minute, I'm going to grab a hold of that crazy little thing called life and let it do its magical little Healy thing. What's done is done. Let's be in the moment. Behold the beauty that is now. Who's with me? And they're with him and they're like, oh, we'll we'll get on the joy train. And it <laughs> yeah. lasts for literally, I timed it. Of course you did. Eight seconds. Eight seconds. <laughs> Was it eight seconds? Eight seconds. That's a long time to be on screen just sitting well, and that, staring. That's from the moment when Willow says, we're on the joy train. Yeah. And then there's there's no line spoken until <laughs> Buffy says, well, that didn't work. Who wants chocolate? <laughs> Which is <laughs> perfect. Yeah. She goes up to the bar to get said chocolate. She sees Cordy leaving. It appears that Cordy's side is painting her. So she's going home. Meanwhile, just real quick, Xander and Willow are having a conversation because Xander puts his, he touches Willow's hand briefly and yep. she's like, ah, hell no, we're done, done, dunsies with that because she wants Oz back and she wants to fix things with Oz at any cost. So really no chance of these two fucking around anymore. Good. Even though I was kind of like, well, everybody else is pissed at them. They might as well 
But she would have to very much give up on Oz and Xander would have to get over Cordelia, which obviously neither of those things are happening. So they're done. I think that Willow definitely has much stronger, much purer feelings for Oz than she does Xander. And Xander, I don't think ever really had romantic feelings for Willow. I think it was just I horny agree. teenager. I think he had a confustal effusion of... Say that one again? A confustal effusion. A con... Hold on. Confustal... Fuck! Confustal... Fuck! I can't say it! <laughs> Confustula fusion? Welcome to today's huh, event, where I trip up Rex with a word that I literally just made up. Confustula fusion. Ha! Ah! <laughs> hey, he did it! What's his prize today? Absolutely nothing! Like you guys! <laughs> We're on a really shitty game show! <laughs> It'd have to be a shitty game show if <laughs> Scooby is hosting it. <laughs> Rook Shaggy, I want some chocolate. <laughs> You're a dog. You no, can't don't have eat chocolate. That. No, like, like Scoob. <laughs> don't eat that. You're a cartoon. <laughs> okay, we're done. I'm done. <laughs> Everything's done. And so Xander's having. He was just his whole thing with the Willow. Uh, was just this fuck all nonsense of yeah. you're my friend and I've known you for ages, but I also have hormones and you have pheromones and I just want to fuck everything that moves. And yeah, confess to effusion. I think he walks around going, oh, fuck, I looked at linoleum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he just keeps a little bit of linoleum in his pockets. Just every now and then he's like, so anyway buffy follows cordy out of the bronze she does tries to talk to her and gets interrupted by a vampire and i think she would have made a good solid connection had this vampire not fucked it all up yeah she was trying to have a nice sympathetic conversation but yeah cordy suspects her of coming out here because xander sent her to beg for him and she's like, no, that's not why I'm here. You she's know, a free agent. Free agent. This is a time when you need friends. We're your friends. Yeah. So this whole scene is kind of proof that Cordy's analysis of cause and effect is severely stunted. Yeah. Because even just being... She even blames Buffy for her being shoved into the garbage. It's like, really? Buffy literally just saved your life. There's a fucking vampire there, and you just stood there, Cordy. Yeah. Fucking step to the side or something. Run to your car? Run back inside? I don't know. Buffy fights the vampire, accidentally bumps Cordy into the trash, kills the vampire. Cordy pulls herself up out of the trash, and just as she steps up to talk to Buffy, Harmony and all her friends come out and laugh at Cordy for being covered in trash. Yeah. Like, she had a piece of trash stuck to her hair, and that was pretty much it. She, they, It looked like she had a little bit of dirt on her arms, and her hair was slightly flustered. Yeah. That, that was the worst of it that I could tell, but I don't know. Anyway, so she, she yells at Buffy. She's like, you know, I've been thinking a lot this last week. Why me? Why do I get impaled? Uh, why do I get bit by snakes? I don't even know what she was referring to with that. I don't remember snakes. Why do I fall for incredible losers? And you know, I think I finally figured it out. It's 
Cut to the promenade. Buffy Summers. She's talking to Anya. Yep. Really laying it on thick, complaining about Buffy. Mm-hmm. And, like, she even blames Buffy for her falling for Xander, as she just said in the other scene. Yep. Because Buffy made Xander slightly cooler. And Anya's trying to steer Cordy into hating Xander more and making a wish against Xander. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. And Anya gives Cordy her necklace because Cordy needs the good luck charm. Mm-hmm. And Cordy ends up wishing that Buffy never came to Sunnydale. And this is when Anya is revealed to be Anyanka mm-hmm. and grants the wish. So it doesn't really make any sense to me that she gave Cordelia the necklace, but let's cover that at the end. Yeah. Okay. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is three mellow song stylings. Shindig dip. Less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny. What's well, chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. Welcome to Bizarro Sunnydale. Yep. Where we- there's lots of trash, even though there's still janitors working. Yeah. Yanni is still hard at work here. <laughs> He is. Scruffy is on the other side of campus. He's got the tumbleweeds. There are no tumbleweeds. No, no tumbleweeds. Plenty of white pieces of paper flying around, though. Population of the school has seemed to be cut in half. At least. Yeah, at least. Say two-thirds. Right? Before the wish. This place was fucking packed, and after, it is deserted. Well, there's a lot to be said for lighting, too. It looked a lot brighter, and... I th- this was, I'm sure, done very purposefully. Now it looks overcast and yep. almost like it's about to rain. Overcast California is weird. Very, very weird. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. So she walks into the hallway and immediately runs into Harmony and the gang. Yep. And she. it seems like she has season one Cordy life back. Seemingly, sort of. The same creep from earlier pulls her aside and asks her out to a dance or something. He's like, I'd be honored. And I don't know why she's happy about this. She knows how big of a creep he is, but whatever. But she's able to get the attention and feel like she's in control again. So that's something. Yep. Did you get Harmony's line here? I did not. So she says, where have you been? Ted Sherman just went for third with Ginger in front of everybody. Now, are we on the same page? Third? Third is oral. Third base. Wow. Yeah. So that's gutsy. Going for third base <laughs> in public, any kind of public, let alone fucking school. Yeah. That, even if it's like post-apocalyptic school is pretty ballsy. Yeah. Literally. Like somebody's got to take something out. <laughs> <laughs> there were parts exposed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. That's no small amount of news. No. (laughs) That's the first thing she says. That's a whole nother episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we cut to class with the bell ringing. We see that the class is mostly empty. Um, The teacher's like, I'm going to get the fuck out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Very nervous. (laughs) Everybody's wearing all these like earthy, dark, subdued, toned clothes. Except for Cordy. Yes. 
she's talking to Harmony, mentions the bronze. Everyone immediately gets this look on their face like Cordelia just shat on their front lawn. Yeah. Harmony kind of rips into Cordy here, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Talking you, about the bronze. You wear this come bite me outfit, which she just complimented only a moment ago. Yeah. And you make jokes about the bronze and you're acting like a little schizo. And Cordelia's like, not that I care, ha 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 ha. But Xander Harris, he's miserable, right? And Willow, that little freak he hangs out with, I can't believe she can even bring herself to call Willow a little freak. Yeah. That, okay, well, she was the girl that she caught Xander with. So, okay. I guess, yeah. She's still, she's still very freshly emotionally hurt. Anyway, she checks in on them to make sure that they're miserable and alone. And they're fucking dead. Yeah, they're, they're worse than miserable and alone. She seems very in shock about this. <laughs> she should be. Yeah. She's like, ooh, overshot a little. <laughs> oh, Spit. Oh, dear. Everyone's bolted. She walks out into the parking lot. There's no fucking cars there. She runs into Yanni the Yanitor. No, that was Scruffy. Oh, sorry. Scruffy the Yanitor. Yeah. Yanni was on the other side. Ah, okay. Runs into Scruffy. He explains that students aren't allowed cars. Which makes absolutely no sense to me. If you have a fucking curfew and people need to be able to go from school to home before sunset... Why the fuck is no one allowed cars? You should be assigning these children cars at puberty. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, the least of their concern is drunk fucking driving at this point. Yeah, like, get home fucking safe. Because because as we see in the very next scene, Cordy has to walk home, and she lives too fucking far to make it home by sunset. I think she was just dilly-dallying because she didn't think very hard about it. Why would oh, I want to get home before sunset? Uh, um, She does kind of exhibit a certain amount of failure to compute yeah, the situation. She really does. Like, it is very plainly laid out that shit has gone bad and you should be afraid and it takes her way too long so she's walking down this barren deserted street here again with very much lots of garbage flying around passes a burnt out car yes which i mean it worked in back to the future too i think they just i think they stole a few <laughs> ideas here honestly back to the future 2 had better cinematography oh yeah but, you know, they probably had a bigger budget. Anyway, the whole time... <laughs> they probably had probably had a bigger budget? Really? Probably? probably? Definitely, Josh. Okay. Jesus Christ. All right, did you bring the wet noodles this time? It's time for some flagging. I did, actually. I meant flogging. Flogging? Some, some, some flagging, flogging. Flagging, flogging? Flagging, flogging. <laughs> flogging, flagging, flogging. Fleegan. Why do I want to play foosball now? Der <laughs> <laughs> <Der> foosball? <laughs> anyway, she runs into Xander fucking Harris. Wait, wait, yes, of of all fucking people. Okay. All right, Xander, first of all, looks way too good for his own good uh, with that yeah. stupid little skinny silver necklace and a leather jacket and a tattered wife beater. Willow... But I mean, it doesn't oh, take much to make Willow sexy, God. but to make Willow even sexier, <sighs> whoever did that, I want to give you all of my money. I have a weakness for goth chicks, and this just it does me in, man. Yeah. Well, you and an ocean of people on the internet. Well, so. fucking obviously, but... 
Anyway, so picture this. Picture another bizarro alternate universe world in which Nicholas Brendan and Allison Hannigan were cast as Spike and Drew. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. They're very much Spike and Drew. And wouldn't that be fucking amazing to see that? Like, I I don't wish that it had been done that way originally, but I would just like to fucking see it. Yeah. Because they played these roles really fucking nicely. They did. Um, Willow's line when she comes on screen, though, I fucking loved because she's like, her her new catchphrase, bored now. <laughs> yeah. Walks up, puts her arm on Xander and says, this is the part that's less fun when there isn't any screaming. And, <laughs> and Xander's like, now, it's not that I don't appreciate your appetite, but didn't we agree that it's my turn? And Cordelia's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I wish <laughs> us into Bizarro Land and you two are still together. And what's with all the leather? <laughs> the vamp out for Xander is probably one of the best fucking vamp out effects they've had yet. It is subtly done. Such a smooth fucking transition. If it didn't cost thousands of dollars, I'd have paid thousands of dollars for it at the time. It was that smooth. Yeah. It fucking works for him. Yeah. He definitely kind of missed his calling. Like, he could have been a very good villain character in this show. Yeah. But they made him Xander fucking Harris <laughs> instead. Maybe he was just too lifelike in the part. Well, Xander's his own <laughs> kind of villain, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwarts and true. Bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Cordy runs off, gets caught because well they're vampires and it's just fucking Cordelia. Yeah, they but, shoved her down and knocked her out. But and she gets saved by the white hats. Yeah, which turns out to just be Giles and Oz and a couple randos. No, one of them is Larry. Oh, was it Larry? It was Larry. Oh, I didn't realize he gained weight. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Good for Larry? I don't know. Yeah. Do you know who the girl was? Her name is uh, Nancy, and this is the only time we see her. Okay. I just have to say that this Bizarro World Giles apparently found out about uh, Earth Prime Xander's ridiculous plastic cross and wanted to really one-up him. Who did? Bizarro World Giles, because the, <laughs> the cross that Bizarro World Giles has is twice the size of the fucking white plastic cross that Xander was wearing in that one episode. It is comically large. <laughs> At least he's not wearing it on a chain around his neck. <laughs> right alongside a clock. Yeah. <laughs> so they pull off and they head back to the library. This is a very quick little scene. Yep. They're like, well, why would she dress like that? She's just asking to be eaten, which yeah, just apparently. another form of that line in a very different context. And they're like, well, she's Cordelia Chase. She'd rather look good than be alive or something. And since when are vampires attracted to bright colors? I mean, since now. Makes I sense guess. for the episode anyway. It does. It for does. the aesthetic of the episode. So I kind of appreciated that little bit of storytelling. World building. World. Yeah, sure. Terraforming. <laughs> so cut to the bronze again 
and it is covered with vamps. And let me tell you, if you ever wanted to see the bronze as a BDSM club, you got your wish. Duh, BDSM vampire haven. Now with 50% more goth. <laughs> Only 50? <laughs> it's like 800% more. <laughs> so, well, va- Vampire Willow and Xander, Vampire and Willow. Vampa- Vampire and Willow. There you go. <laughs> Vander and, Will- and Willow. There you go, Vander and Villo. So Vander and Villo are That's walking. It's gonna be hard to say. <laughs> Vander and Villo are walking to the front door of the bronze. There's this girl just casually being drained by a vampire. I have to mention though that that vampire had to have caught her elsewhere and brought her here because there's no way in hell any any live person would have been caught remotely near the the bronze. They would have never been there. He had to have took her there just so he could like put her on display as he ate her sure i mean for that matter i can't figure out why they why nobody's just lit the bronze on fire during the daytime right but moving along so vander and villo are walking inside and is that jonathan in a cage hanging from the ceiling i did not notice i'm pretty sure it was jonathan there are a lot of people hanging in cages though we I, I only saw the one but there were a couple. Well, and then there was least. the other guy laying splayed out and strapped to the pool table. Yeah, and as Xander walks by the dude at the pool table, he says, Slap my hand, dead soul man. Even Vander is just a bit too fucking corny. A cheesy douche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <sighs> the master, of course, is still alive in Old this... fruit punch mouth himself. <laughs> <laughs> that old bastard. <laughs> and I feel like he's uh, he's missed a step. Like, the actor has moved on, and he's like, oh, fuck, I have to reprise this role. There's still a good few master lines here, There's though. a couple good ones, but for the most part, I wasn't feeling it. I loved his line when he presents the, the woman to Willow. He yes. Go- he goes, hungry? I've lost my appetite for this one. She keeps looking at me. I'm trying to eat, and she looks at me. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I still felt like it was too silly to be master-esque. I suppose. Anyway, it's it's still fun to have him back for a minute. It is. So, uh, basically, Xander tells the master that uh, he says, I had a prime kill, old crush, actually. So, even in this universe, he had a... I don't rec- I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. He never really had a crush on Cordelia. The way they hooked up was pure circumstance and sudden out-of-nowhereness. You know, he probably had a crush on her in the realm of she was a hot chick in his high school. Right. Fair enough. And she was standing on some linoleum. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At one point. Goddamn linoleum is fucking everywhere, man. That's why linoleum turns him on. (sighs) Anyway. It makes so much sense. <laughs> and so he informs the master that she was talking about Buffy, which he seems to recall is the name of a slayer yeah. or something. How they know who Buffy is, I'm what a little confused there you speak of. Hmm? Yeah. But says that she was saved by the White Hats and the wannabe, the wanna slay librarian, Giles. Yes. He says, oh, no worries. We'll handle that verily soon ish or something master speak yep. blah and he commands xander vander and villo there you go <laughs> to go off and kill cordelia and indeed they do yeah doesn't take him long really 
we cut to the library. Cordy wakes up. Giles tries to get her to lay back down, but she says some things that make some sense to Giles. Because apparently in this universe, nobody knew that Giles was a watcher. Yeah. And he stopped being a watcher. And that sets off some serious, some serious alarm bells and red flags. He's like, something's very wrong. So he walks into the book vault cage thing, grabs some weapons. So he says, now I want you to start again and explain everything very carefully. Cage slams shut and says, and Willow says, you're in a big cage. (laughs) Good explanation, Willow. Sorry, Willow. Willow. Sorry. Don't you fuck that up. It's it's difficult. Like, if we can stick with calling him Rippy for an an entire half of an episode. And (laughs) get a slightly erotic feeding here as as Willow and Vander feed on Cordelia and she's fucking dead. Yeah, I was like, oh dear. I was not expecting this. Oh, dear. Yeah, no shit. Giles ends up busting out of the cage. Oz and Larry show up. We get one line that explains that Nancy is dead. Yeah, well, just before that, we cut back to the bronze. The master is pleased. He's drinking espresso, and he takes a little too many sips for my liking. I wish the director had been like, uh... You're the master. You would take one good sip and then control the room. But no, he's way too it, into that fucking espresso. It's not espresso. It's blood espresso. When I saw that, I'm like, vampires don't drink coffee. And then I looked at it, took it back, and it's red when it comes out. Uh, it's blood espresso. I mean, vampires can drink coffee. It probably just, you know. I doubt it does anything. If it makes people shit. Me- no! It is espresso, but he used blood instead of water. There it is. Oh my god. It is it is blood espresso. <laughs> that is like an extra level of terrifying to me. <laughs> I'd like a blood of chino, please. <laughs> oh god. Actually, you know, you could froth blood that way. But then again, we don't call <sighs> it we don't call it a water a chino. I don't know. Steamed blood, please. But it's still dead blood man's espresso. blood. That yeah. I mean, maybe that's only a thing in Supernatural, but, I mean, they need fresh blood. Yeah. That's why the rest of this doesn't make any fucking sense later, but anyway. I'm dating. I, I'm having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Before Oz and Larry cart Cordy's body to the incinerator... Giles notices the necklace and grabs it. He's like, ooh, pretty. Xander Willow report back to the master that that Cordy is dead. Willow wants to play with the puppy, and the master gives her keys to do so, and then cut back to the library, and then that scene is when Giles is on the phone oh, yeah. with Buffy's in-this-universe watcher. Good enough for me. In Cleveland. Ohio! No wonder... When we f- see Buffy again, that she's kind of rough around the edges and rude and just not a pleasant person. It's because she's, she's living in Ohio. Fucking Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Cleveland. You're a bunch of assholes. I was there once. <laughs> I lived in Ohio once. I'm so sorry. Me too. <laughs> You're not a swing state. You're a broken swing. 
<laughs> I yeah, you're like you're like a, a wet playground. Oh, God. <laughs> with a with a with that swing that's like got tape around it. It it's the kind of broken swing that it's not completely broken. You could technically still use it, but the chains are slightly different lengths, so it's at an angle. <laughs> <laughs> and the rubber is obviously like twelve years old. Yep, and just rotting away. You, after you sit on it, your your pants are just covered in that shitty rubber dust that you never get off. Yeah, I had to throw those out. <laughs> anyway, we go back to the bronze during the daytime. And Willow, who's bored now again, pulls some scissors off the wall, walks up to a fucking jail cell, opens it, and we find this universe's angel. Yeah. And he is chained up and being regularly tortured for fun. And aside from that, and finding out that Vander likes to watch, we hear something about a plan. It's going to be quick for the people that Angel was trying to save, referring to their deaths, but not for him. They're going to torture the shit out of him. Yep. Ooh, evil, evil, evil. Uh, Is there a nice garden path? I, there was, but beyond that evil... <laughs> Xander starts throwing matches. and uh, I'm sorry, Vander starts throwing matches, and Villo's like... Hey, watch it with those things. You almost got my hair. And she pulls open his shirt and she's like, oh, did I go too hard on you last time? And Vander's like, too hard. No such thing. Giggity! I'm uncomfortable with Villo. (laughs) (laughs) You should be. You very much should be. And not in the ways that this show intends. So anyway, torture, torture, torture. People are going to die. Something about a plan. And cut to the library. And this is when Giles discovers what the necklace is. It belongs to a demon known as Anyanka. She is some sort of patron saint of scorned women. She grants wishes. Here's my problem. So Giles decides that he's got to go home to get his books and explore this idea further. Yeah. And Well, he mentions having some extra volumes at home. Oz and Larry are like, oh, be careful. And Giles leaves. Why is their base of operations in a place that vampires can enter? Yeah, I don't understand why they... I mean, they should have done this in the normal universe, too. Put some sort of warding spell on the library so that they can't get in. Yeah. Or something that technically turns it into a private abode. Or, you know, mar the symbol on the at the, on the front of the building that says... All are welcome who seek knowledge or some shit that whatever uh, Angel quoted. Yeah, I I don't think that would work because it's still actually a public space. Right, but the point being, why the fuck... They should do fucking something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So Giles drives home. He sees some vamps kidnapping some people. Obviously, he stops being safe and decides he's going to try and save them. He actually does manage to save them. But he's about to get fucking killed because you need backup, Giles. Yeah. Vampires are fucking everywhere, and all you have is a giant, hilariously ridiculous cross. Yeah, very valiant, but that moment really should have been the death of him. Yep. At this moment, I was like, so the entire fucking city is swamped with vampires. Shouldn't they be able to call in, like, the military or something? Yeah. What's... It's obviously... 
up until we see this alternate universe, everything in the regular universe, it's still very hush-hush that there's any kind of vampire or supernatural activity going on. So apparently the entire country must be swamped with yeah. vampires. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Either that or the mayor is specifically keeping that from happening. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the mayor is still a factor here. Anyway. Buffy shows up wearing khakis and a tank top. And she's got a scar on her lip. Oh, no. Oh, no. But she's still got eyeliner just caked on. Yep. But she kicks some ass, saves Giles. And she's got a tood. Yeah. Bit of a tood. Very much lone wolf thing going on here. Yeah, she's like, all right. I wish she had lit up a cigarette at this moment. Right? All right, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) They go back to Giles' place. He explains that they need to find and destroy Anyanka's power center. Uh And it'll undo all the wishes that she's done, including the one that they are in. Yeah, and so Buffy's like, all right, taking an awful lot of faith here, Jeeves. Uh, Giles. (laughs) Which I... That was just funny to me. Anyway, she's like, so kill the bad fairy, destroy the bad fairy's power center, whatever, and all the troubles go away. I'm I'm sure it isn't that simple. And she's like, well, the world is what it is. We fight, we die. Wishing doesn't change that. And he says, well, I have to believe in a better world. Buffy says, why don't I put a stake through her heart? She's not a vampire. <laughs> You'll be surprised how many things that kills. <laughs> Which, yeah, okay. I just, it really makes me want to see a scene where she kills something with a stake through the heart that is not a vampire. Well, she tried to kill the zombie with a stake through the heart. Oh, yeah. But she didn't (laughs) kill it because it's a zombie. Yeah. Nope. Not a vampire. (laughs) But Buffy is gung-ho to slay the master. She even mentions how she doesn't play well with others. They're really playing up the I'm the lone wolf badassness here. Yeah, because Giles, Buffy's just not having this whole magic mumbo jumbo. She's like, wait, you know that there's an overlord vampire and you know where he lives? All right, let me go kill him. You didn't set it on fire during the daytime? Right? (laughs) He's like, well, people have tried. And I'm like, well, fucking try harder, Giles. Yeah. Just because you're alternate universe, Giles, doesn't mean you're fucking dumb. Well, maybe it does. Make some pipe bombs. Seriously. Obviously, the police aren't going to stop you. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little bitches. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Cut to the bronze. And Buffy's walking around the place. It's empty. This time, pointedly, Jonathan is lying dead in his dancing cage. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, that poor guy. Uh, he gets a real rough go at it this episode. Yep. <laughs> and then, so she comes across Angel. He recognizes her. He knows who she is. So we know that his story hasn't changed any. Mm-hmm. And... Well, up to coming to Sunnydale. Right. Except this time, Buffy never showed up. Yep. So that makes perfect sense. So he never and, became Angelus. Right. And Buffy is just really done with everyone. Doesn't give two shits about anything and just wants to kill vampires. She's mm-hmm. very much faith in this episode. Yeah. Minus the wanting to fuck everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
But yeah, she decides to get Angel's help to find the factory, kicks open the, the cell that he's in, goes to unchain him, but finds out that he's a vampire because he jerks back from her cross. Yeah, which answered my question really quickly. I was like, wait, because it was like she wasn't going to save him at first, even though she thought he was human. Yeah. Is she that fucking jaded? Apparently she is because she didn't pay him any attention until he knew her name. She was just going to fucking leave him there. But no, she wants nothing to do with it because he's a vampire. She starts to walk away and he steps up and he's like, you don't believe I want to help you, but believe I want him dead and shows that his fucking chest is super scarred up. And And that is something that this world Buffy fucking understands. Yep. A man like Angel who wants someone dead because he's no longer pretty. That is that is some scorn there. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad Anyanka's scorn revenge only applies to women. Where's the patron saint of scored va- scorn vampires? Not here. Not in this episode. Yeah. Try again. Do not pass go. <laughs> Do not collect $200. So cut to the factory. And this factory idea. <laughs> yeah. The factory makes no sense. No, it doesn't. They still have to hunt to find people to put on this... Right. ...line. Like... On this conveyor belt. I would assume that a vampire is very well engineered, as far as monsters go, to draw the blood out of a being. They do it very quickly. It takes a specific amount of blood loss to lead to death. They bite someone. They suck the blood out. It happens fast. Also, they've little else to do. Right. And so he, the master wants to initiate the truly demonic concept of mass production. Which, I mean, he's, he's not wrong that that's a demonic concept devised by humans. Definitely. Completely agree with that sentiment. But... I guess if this machine that they built kills the people, why not just hunt? (laughs) What is the fucking point of this? Because unless they're going to bottle the blood and try to keep it fresh for later somehow. You're better off just making fucking cages and having livestock in there. Yeah. Well, that was my main criticism. I'm like, oh, a farm and a slaughterhouse. Boy, you're so fucking technologically advanced here, master. To me, the idea should be not killing the people, pulling as much blood as you can without killing them or without and without turning them into a vampire, because that is the one sole thing that you get here is there's no chance that this person is going to be turned into a vampire. So this person is not going to become another mouth to feed. Okay. Okay. So this person, you draw as much blood as you can without killing them. And then you put them back in the cage and you feed them food and you let them regain their health. And then you do it again. Yeah. Just like fucking dairy cows. Yeah. That is the better idea. But no, they don't do that. They just fucking kill the people. Yeah. That's dumb. And also, fuck me, the stabby things, these gigantic fucking, (laughs) like, two-inch gauge fucking... They look like the kind of straws you get (laughs) from Dairy Queen when you get, like, a a fucking smoothie. Like, at least. (laughs) And they just stabbed it all up in her, like, stomach and shit. And I'm like, you're gonna get more shit out of that one than you are gonna get blood. (laughs) Like, literally, shit. 
Oh, God. So whoever's drinking that one, cheers. Yep. You shit drinker. <laughs> anyway. Really quick cut back to Giles where he summons Anyanka and then cuts back away to the factory. Mm-hmm. So we see Buffy and Angel sneaking up on them, and Angel's like, so what's the plan? She's like, don't fall on this, referring to a steak that she's handing him. And I'm like, A, that's your plan, and B, you didn't confirm that a little sooner than now you're in the fucking crowd. It is a good line, though. Yeah, it is. The delivery's excellent. Sure. So Buffy shoots at the master with a crossbow, and he has the foresight... I, I guess it's that super vampire speed. I He's guess. able to grab a Vander and pull him in front of him before the bolt hits. Anyway, they fight. Big fight scene. I think it would have been better if Vander was dusted at that moment. I kind of agree. Yeah, they definitely wanted to have a little montage a little later of everybody dying, though. But yeah, I was like, ooh, we're just anyway. So Willow, Willow is like, uh-oh, puppy got out. She's very yep. much channeling Drusilla throughout this entire yeah. thing. And that's okay. It's very appropriate. Cut back to Giles' house. He confronts Anyanka about the wish. He's, yeah, because he summoned her just a minute ago, right? Yep. And she's like, you know what I do to a man who uses that spell to summon me? Yep. He's like, I don't know. Do you make me a sandwich? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, you are going to hell. I know. <laughs> Uh, we do some little cutbacks back and forth between Giles and the factory for this. The factory, we get the big fight scene. Buffy is fighting some vamps. She's about to get killed. Angel jumps in and saves her ass, and then he gets dusted. Buffy gives no shits about it whatsoever. Zero shits given. So Giles is all like... What did Cordelia wish for? And I, I'm not scared of you. And Anya's like, well, you fucking should be. And then he's like, oh, no, all your power requires a wish. But no, she's still a fucking demon and she's still going to kick your ass, She still Giles. has fucking demon strength, Giles. What was your plan there? <laughs> Buffy dusts Vander. Vander. Larry and Oz dust Villo. Buffy fights the master. Oh, you're the slayer. Here is your ass. I snap at your neck. <laughs> And just moments after Buffy's neck gets snapped. Snappity crackly pop. Giles smashes the necklace. Mm-hmm. And the wish is undone. And we cut back to the Dir moment she made the wish. Directly to the promenade where Cordelia's saying, I wish Buffy Summers had never come to Sunnydale. And she clicks her golden ruby slippers together three times. And Anya turns around and she's not all veiny and she's like, done. Wait, what? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. And then Cordy just keeps wishing more grandiose things. So I got all of her wishes here. <laughs> oh, sweet. I did not write it all down. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, after Anya's like, done, Cordelia doesn't even think anything of it. She just plays along. She's like, that would be cool. No, wait. I wish Buffy Summers had never been born. Done. And she's, Anya's getting so frustrated. She doesn't know why it's not working. And she's like, and I wish that Xander Harris never again knows the touch of a woman. And that Willow wakes up tomorrow covered in monkey hair. In fact, 
I wish all men except maybe the really dumb and the really agreeable kind disappear off the face of the earth. <laughs> that would be so cool. And everybody's all happy. And everybody's alive again. I'm a little annoyed, though, that the Scoobies are displaying as much happiness in this sequence as they are. Because if you look at the scene earlier in the episode when Cordy made the wish, they did not look that happy. Everybody was all super fucking depressed still. Yeah. But it's still appropriate because... Yeah, maybe on some existential or quantum level, like they still experienced that whole wish scenario. Like it's still a thing that happened and they just don't remember kind of thing. I suppose, yeah, that makes sense. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. <laughs> I just love the family circus. That 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 DJ. Voice tower. <laughs> that 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 DJ. Longer than you can imagine. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? I really think they should have made it two episodes. I okay, I loved the episode. Ooh, that would have been fun. I think they should have made it a two-parter. Yeah. Because they really crammed a lot into the first half and a lot into the second half. And if they had drawn those out into two separate episodes, I think it could have been even more amazing than it already was. Yeah. I mean, I was not feeling it going into watching today's episode. And about halfway through, I was like, fuck, I have to start caring because this, <laughs> this is a good fucking episode. It, I also want to mention that this is... So last episode and this episode are two Creature of the Week episodes where they just brought creatures back from previous seasons. And I liked that tactic. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, and also they used other existing characters to be temporary bad guys. Yeah, getting to see... Well, but the Creature of the Week wasn't really the Master or Xander right. or Vander and Villo. It was a concept. Well, okay, it really was kind of Anya. Yeah. <laughs> The other part here is I had forgotten that Anya was introduced to the cast so early. Yeah, I was feeling the same way. I was like, man, how how the fuck does Xander end up with Anya? Like, she doesn't even come on the show for another season. What are they going to do fucking around this whole time? Oh, they're on it. <laughs> That's how that happens. Yeah, and it's a great way to bring a character in. It's a very subtle intro mm -hmm. that you don't think is going to go anywhere because it feels like a creature of the week and you think, oh, this is just, this is a throwaway character. Mm -hmm. But it becomes not a throwaway character and it's it's fantastic for it. Yeah. It's it's really good writing on a long-term scale. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think this was a great episode for uh, for giving people a little bit of insight into the psychology of breakups. Yeah. At the very least, I thought it displayed both sides of the situation really well. The I think the point being is that breakups suck, period, no matter where you are in the breakup. Yeah. No matter what party you are, no matter if you're the one who did the breaking up, no matter if you're the one who was broken up with, no matter if you're the cause of the breakup or not, it always just sucks. Yeah. And you need friends to help you get through that. And isn't that fucking special? So also, I wish it was a two-part episode just like you, just because 
It was so neat seeing Xander and Willow as vampires. I I fucking loved them as vampires. Talk about really giving them an opportunity to explore further beyond their characters. Just a chance to shake off that shit for a minute and do something else. Yeah. Just here, be creative with your role for a minute. Have fun. Considering that Drew, that Drusilla and Villo were pretty much the same kind of role. Kind of, sort of. Allison Hannigan does it so much better. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Despondent, slightly unplugged, bored with the whole shit, just so fucking wrong and evil. Mm-hmm. And the tone of bored now. <laughs> right. I was looking forward to this episode long before now, and that line just still gives me chills. I yeah. fucking love it. I really would have liked to have seen them... L- Cut the leash on Nicholas Brendan and see if he could have pulled off a Spike-like character. Yeah. I think he could have. No, I think he was nailing it perfectly. I think he kind of missed his calling a little bit. I think I would have probably enjoyed his character more if that was the direction it had taken. Right? What was your quote of the day, Rex? As previous stated, I am a sucker for the sexy goth chick (laughs) and Willow... Sorry, Villo just was perfect in this episode. My quote of the day is, Bored now, this is the part that's less fun when there isn't any screaming. Cool. It's such a great, solid intro line for a character. Yeah, it was pretty nice. What's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, I gotta give it to Oz. Look, I'm sorry this is hard for you, but I told you what I need. So I can't help feeling like the reason you want to talk is so you can feel better about yourself. That's not my problem. Because holy shit words to live by. Yeah. Not enough people understand that they feel like what they're saying should be received better, but it's actually just fucking selfish. One of the one of the aspects of life that I live by is if Somebody is emotional. That is that person's problem. Mm -hmm. It is not anybody else's responsibility to moderate your emotions. And that's exactly what Oz is saying here. It is not his fucking problem to make Willow okay. What is his problem is that he needs to be okay. And in order to do that, he needs time and space. And she's not giving him that. Because she's saddling him as well with her own emotions. Yep. And that's a fucking problem. And you know, I did almost pick this line myself as my quote of the day, but it just hits a little too close to home for me. It's very heavy. So (sighs) I did the heavy lifting for you there, but I appreciate that. You're welcome. (sighs) Well, this has been Beer with Buffy. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Review us on iTunes. Don't forget we have a t-shirt contest going on. We have one excellent t-shirt contest. Check out Patreon for full details. If you want to support our channel financially, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Beer with Buffy. You can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. As always, a special thanks to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for our excellent music. 
you can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. I mean, look at you. Look at you. You make me sick. done why are we watching this <laughs>